Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting a coach. Real, authentic, behind the scenes look of what the support system experiences, but no one discusses. So grab a drink, sit back, and listen because we're about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Hi. Hi. We are so excited because we have a very special guest here on More Than a Season podcast. This is Jordan Harrell. Hi. My name is Jordan. I'm married to Clark. He just got his first head coaching job. We've been moving up the ladder the last 10 years, I guess, moving all over the state of Texas. This is his first year as a head coach, and we're in Diana. Most of y'all probably never heard of it. It's about 10 miles north of Longview in Texas. And the high school is actually called New Diana High School, which I heard was because of like paperwork that was written wrong, but I actually don't (laughs) think that's true. I think that's just a rumor. And we have three kids. Carly is our oldest, a girl, and she's in third grade. And then we have a first grader, Hattie. And then Hayes is five. And we had decided kind of early on, like we'd probably hold him back. We held back our, our June baby. She's our first grader and we held her back too. And so we are getting a lot of quality time this year. I thought that we'd go to like Bible studies and have fun activities, but there's just not a lot of those happening right now. And so it's just me and him hanging out those days and like doing puzzles and <laughs> watching a lot more TV than he probably should. <laughs> That's so fun. So you said that you guys are now just like his first head coaching job. So can you talk us through like the ranks of how you guys got to that position? We've moved around a lot. We've only lived in the same place, one school. We were at Sealy outside of Houston for two years. But other than that, he's been at, I think, six other schools. And his first job, Sweetwater, we he was there for two years, but he commuted the first year because we were in my hometown. We were living in Abilene, which is where I'm from. And I had just had our second child. And I just said, I just, I have to have this year with my family close by. (laughs) So we stayed there that first year. And then once I realized it was harder, actually with him commuting 45 minutes, we went ahead and moved there the next year. Um, I thought that it would be easier because I'd have my support system around me, but he'd leave Thursday morning at like 4.30 to get there. And I wouldn't see him again until Saturday evening once he got home. And I was losing my mind, basically. Uh, I had a really hard newborn who was crying all the time. And um, my mom came over as much as I asked her to, but I'm just not good at asking for help. And so... I struggled a lot that year. And so we moved, we ended up moving to Sweetwater the next year. And that, that led into a move every year after that, except for once. So my eight year old has lived in, I think eight houses. So I told my husband, like, I need stability. Like I'm finding that tension right now between 
supporting my husband and like wanting him to follow his dreams and like being that supportive wife, but I'm hitting my wall now. <laughs> so I'm getting to that point of, of saying, okay, like I love you and I support you and I will follow you wherever you go. However, I'm going to need some friends. And so I need a few years to be in a place and to feel like I'm invested in and have somewhere where I just feel comfortable because turnover is affecting our marriage. It's affecting a lot of stuff, but it's also affecting our marriage. So we've just gotten to a place where like we feel settled and I'm hoping he feels content. Obviously first year as a football coach, there's the stress of rebuilding a team. And so we're, we're in that right now and COVID, you know, everything just feels um, extra stressful, but I feel especially like this is a place where we're going to be for a while. That's so good. I am glad that you opened up about just that it is really hard. It's one of those things that like what you're saying is you're committed. So you're like, I'm going to follow you. I'm open to that. But you know, hey, there's me over here that really needs that balance as well. So I really appreciate you saying that. Did you know what you were getting yourself into? Well, so I grew up a coach's kid, but this is not what I experienced at all. We were in the same place since I was in third grade my parents are still there. So the moving and the climbing the ladder and all of that, that wasn't what I experienced. And he was also a coach's kid. And that's not what he experienced either. So I feel like both of us went into it expecting like, we're gonna find the perfect staff and get to the perfect place. And we're gonna be there forever. And our kids are all gonna be best friends because we expected the same experience that we had. And that hasn't really been what it's been. So we met at ACU. <laughs> he was a transfer. He had gone to Tulsa his first couple years and transferred in his junior year. And I was a fifth year. Uh, I had already dated a couple guys younger than me. And so I was like, I'm not going to be that girl that like constantly <laughs> is dating younger guys. <laughs> so I immediately was like, he's cute, but I'm not going to go there. I don't want that reputation. So we had mutual family friends that had a get together at their house to like, welcome to Abilene. Y'all meet each other. He needs friends. And so it was about 25 of us that all went over there to kind of welcome him to Abilene. And he really didn't talk much. Obviously, that's a very intimidating situation. But his mom was there and his mom was so cute. And I remember saying, she'd be a really good mother-in-law. And I wasn't necessarily that impressed with him, but I thought, <laughs> I like her. And so a few months later, uh, my roommate started dating a football player. And they started getting really serious. And I think she felt bad leaving me home all the time by myself. And so they started thinking of some people that they could set me up with. And they mentioned him and I said, I was around him that night and he was so quiet and he doesn't seem like he's very much fun. So Jody, that's her boyfriend. He was like, well, let me text him real quick and we'll, we'll see what kind of personality he has. He texted him and he said, Hey, I got to know, are you a good kisser? And Clark texted back and said, why do you need to know? Do you need some lessons? And I thought, <laughs> Oh, that's a clever response. And so we went on a blind date with them. I mean, semi-blind, because obviously I knew him. He was so humble. And I think that's what I loved about him, is he 
was quiet, but in a respectful, kind, and fun way, which is hilarious now because he's not a quiet person at all. But I think what attracted me to him was just he wasn't trying to impress me and he wasn't showing off and he wasn't being loud and obnoxious. And I just thought he was really sweet and kind and down to earth. And that's not what you always expect from a football player. And so the rest was history. We ended up getting engaged um, 11 months later and married nine months later and had our babies way faster than we planned on it. That's the cutest story I think that I've ever heard. I love the way that you told it. So got engaged and got married pretty quickly. And then did he tell you that he wanted to be a football coach since you guys started dating? Or how did that kind of come about? No, I think it's his personality type. He just doesn't want to do what what is expected of him, I think. So he was a business major. And when he graduated, I was actually the coach. And I taught school and coached in middle school and loved it. And when he graduated, he ended up being an insurance salesman. He sold insurance for a couple of years and he hated it. He hated sales. And when I got pregnant with our first, I desperately wanted to stay home. And so He couldn't have a career change right at that moment because he didn't really have like a backup plan. And so we decided to live in my sister's back house. She had like this old falling down shack in her backyard. And she was like, y'all can live here for free if y'all want to. And we were like, okay. So we moved in so that I could stay home and wouldn't have to work. He sold insurance for like that first year. That next summer, he and his brothers and his dad decided to start a football camp every summer. And it was that summer after that camp, those two weeks of camp, that I was like, oh, crap. (laughs) I can tell he's about to tell me he wants to be a coach. Because I could tell. I could just see it. Like, I went and I watched him there. And I could tell, like, he loves it. And he connects with those kids in, like, the sweetest way. Because he's still, like, 16 years old at heart. So they, like, get each other. And I could tell he really enjoyed it. And so when he told me... A few weeks later, like, I think I want to get my alternative certification. I was like, all right. I knew that was coming. I was pregnant with our second. It was horrible timing. But I guess that's the first of many times that I've realized we will be happier together if, like, he pursues what he's passionate about. And while it wasn't perfect timing, I felt like God was urging me to say, like, trust me in this because you can see how unhappy he is and what he's doing right now. And if you honor him in this, then I'll honor you in taking care of y'all. And he did. It's crazy, like the different ways looking back now, like we ended up getting another house that was also free. His family offered it to us to live in so that when we had our second child, we all weren't living in one bedroom. And so we moved into that house and we were taken care of in ways that we couldn't have done ourselves. And so there were little breadcrumbs along the way, like saying like, you're on the right path and you're doing the right thing. Just trust me to take care of you because you don't have the control of any of this. You're not going to be as financially stable as you would like to, but I'll take care of you. And we're still not as financially stable as I'd like to be, but 
that's the beauty of coaching, right? <laughs> yeah, I think that just all of that is just so refreshing to hear because I think that a lot of people that are starting out, they see this long journey ahead and they don't really know how to handle it or what to look at because they see all these moving pieces that are out of their hands. And instead of just submitting to God, which we've had a lot of women tell us that Literally, that's the only way to live is by having that faith. I do want to ask, though, out of all the times that you've moved and he's provided over those times, how did you keep your faith so solid in every single one of those moves? The quick answer is I didn't. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I absolutely every time was like, oh, I'm just going to trust God and he's going to take care of us and it's going to be great. There were lots of moments that I was like, what the heck is he doing here? Like, I don't, people always talk about like, trust God, he's faithful, he'll be faithful, he'll, he'll make sure and take care of you. But like, in those moments, there's always times that I'm like, yeah, but what about this? Like, this feels like just us being stupid. So what, what's he going to do about that? I feel like through those moments, I had people around me that were a lot wiser than me and a lot smarter than me that spoke those words over me when I didn't necessarily believe it myself. And so there were a couple moves in particular that I was like, this is dumb. Like we're being dumb. And people speaking over me those words of trust his timing in this. And he's leading you to a place where you will eventually get, and this might not be where you want to be, this might not be the perfect place for you right now, but it's all a part of your journey and God's guiding y'all. I remember thinking like, I've got to tell him no. I've got to tell him we can't. I'm going to put my foot down on this and say no. One of my mentors said, if he was supposed to take that job and he looks back in that moment and he regrets not having taken it, that's going to be a moment where resentment can grow. You don't want that to be on you. However, if he does take that job and you support him in that and he regrets taking the job, that's a moment for him to learn and to grow. And those are opportunities for God to refine him. So don't get in the way of God growing him. Now, obviously, we're getting to that point now where like I need stability. And I think that's different. Like, I think that's different saying please like stand with me in this and hold my hand in this because I'm struggling. Whereas rather saying I'm comfortable where I am and I don't want to move. And there were a couple points there where it was like, I'm a hard no because I like where I am. And I know now, like looking back, like there's no way I would have chosen the path that God put us on. However, I think for Clark and I both, we can look back and say like, we would not be in Diana right now if it weren't for the previous nine years, I wholeheartedly in the house that we're in and the place that we're in and the community that we're in know God has led us to this place. And it's been a windy, crappy road sometimes, but I think that's life. I love that. I love how honest you are about it because I feel like a lot of people are just like, yeah, like this is so great. And you know, it's just a new chapter in my journey. And yes, we do like to preach that here too. But in the moment you're like, oh gosh, please don't send me there. But it ends up being, you know, a good memory looking back on it. So did you really lean on your Friday Night Wives 
idea and page and stuff like that to kind of give you your own sense of independence and your own, I guess your own thing while he has this football world. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's a balance there too, because unintentionally, you know, like I've created my life and my business and my identity around his career. (laughs) And I didn't necessarily mean to do that. But it's a place for me to like find my passion and use my gifts and my skills. But I think it's also hard for me, like I got to make sure I don't just consume my life in this world of being a coach's wife, because I don't want that role to be my identity. Because of Friday Night Wives, obviously, like the last four years, I guess I've been doing it. That's given me an outlet because I am a stay at home mom. So I think that needing something to feel successful at, to feel like I'm good at, I've needed that. But I have to be careful not to be like my whole world revolves around Clark, my activities, my hobbies, and my job. Everything seems like it revolves around him. And so making sure that Fred and Nightwives is not just this place for like coaches' wives talk about being a coach's wife, but being like, okay, we are coaches wives. Yes, that's what we have in common. But we're so much more than that. And we have so many more interests than that. And we're so much more capable than just like going to a game on Friday night and supporting our husbands. Let's call out the gifts we see in each other and encourage each other. Besides just being like, you can do it. You're good at being a coach's wife. You are God's child and he has given you lots of gifts and lots of capabilities. And it's not just supporting your husband. While that is 100% amazing and we need to do that. I want to participate with y'all in calling those things out and saying, it's okay if you don't want to go to the game on Friday night. This is not just a group for people who thrive in the role of coach wifery. This is a group for people that sometimes are like, this crap sucks. And I don't know what to do with my three kids on a Friday night who are whiny and crying and I don't want to be there anymore. Go home. Go home. I'm not going to ever be the wife that says you be there every Friday night because we are coaches wives and we're going to support him. Like if you do, I love that about you. And I support you 100% in that if that is what you want to do and the kind of coach's wife you want to be and you are called to that, 100% support you. If that stresses you out, step back. Don't do it. Stay home for a whole year. I think there was a part of that at the beginning when I became a coach's wife that felt like it was missing for me. Someone giving me permission (laughs) to say, You don't have to be everything you see. And so when I created Friday Night Wives, that's what I wanted it to be, like permission for everyone, the ones who thrive in it, the ones who love it, and the ones who are really struggling in it to come together and support each other. I love all of that. I'm actually just taking in everything that you just said, because that's one of the main goals that we started our podcast, because I don't know why there is this culture that has been created over time that we have to be this coach's wife and that is it and that I don't know where us as women have put that in our head is like that is who we are only capable of being I have no idea but that's why we thought we were like okay we need to make some platform to make people feel that 
it's okay to not go if you can't, or it's okay to have a job and not fully be at every single game on Friday or Saturday or different things like that. So that's amazing that it's all on the same the same page. And um, the women that are in that group, it's just incredible. If all our listeners, if you're not in this page, you should definitely do that if you're a part of uh, football world, but they just are uplifting or they ask questions because who else is going to tell you unless you move or experience yourself. So I think all of that is so wonderful. But did the idea come after the first move or did it come, you know, as you started to move like a couple times? Well, so I actually, after I had our first daughter and decided to stay home, I started writing on like a mom's blogging page and started my own website, just messing around, Um, not necessarily doing anything for money, for sure, but just something to give me something to do, something to enjoy. And I'd always enjoyed writing. And so I just did that kind of as like a side gig to not lose my mind for a little while. And it kind of started to build after a few years. I started writing for a couple online publications and a couple magazines. And I felt very overwhelmed by the whole world of social media and promotion and marketing and all of that felt very shallow to me and not in a shallow like the people that are doing it are shallow but shallow in that it like was not filling me up I was putting all this time and effort into something that felt empty and a lot of that had to do with social media and it just being this constant rat race of likes and followers and numbers and it was exhausting. I felt like I was kind of like praying for a solution or praying for a direction or a way out. I felt like God had given me something, but I didn't know what to do with it because this felt empty. So I wrote a post one day at the beginning of a football season three or four years ago, and it was, it was a dear coach's wife post. And it was just talking about kind of like what we just talked about, Your identity is not wrapped up in this one role of coach's wife. And you're more than that. And you're called to more than that. And just because the next few months are going to revolve around him and his life and what he does, that doesn't mean that that's all you are. And after I wrote that, I got lots of comments and lots of messages. And it was because of that that I was like, man, like I've been writing for moms for a few years and I've loved it. But there are about 3 billion mom bloggers, and there's nobody for coaches' wives. That wasn't out there at the time. So I thought, well, what if like, I created a space for coaches' wives that was a blog where we wrote articles, and it wasn't just me. Other people submitted their ideas and their articles and their blogs, and we could encourage coaches' wives because nobody's doing that. And man, do we need it. I needed it at the time. So that started in 2017. Uh, Originally, it was just the blog, FridayNightWives.com. And then I talked to my cousin's wife, who is also a coach's wife. And she's a graphic designer who had her own t-shirt business. And I was like, what if we made t-shirts for coaches' wives for game days? And she's really good at that. And I didn't know how to do any of that. And so I was like, you handle that and you do all that. And I'll do the blog. So JD is my graphic designer who does all the t-shirts and then we added the group 
really has taken on a life of its own. Like I don't have to do much with that because the women really like run things. <laughs> and uh, it's a cool place where people offer support and offer advice and offer wisdom. And that was something that was an unexpected blessing was the group. And that's kind of become actually what Friday Night Wives is now is people know mostly the group. That's so cool. I think that's awesome that it took kind of a life of its own. And we follow the page as well. We're part of it. And it does. I mean, the women just kind of comment every single day and then everyone kind of chips in and it's awesome. You don't even really have to run that, which is so cool. I bet that feels awesome to, to be a leader of that kind of a platform where everyone can kind of just feel comfortable being themselves and being vulnerable and sharing their exact thoughts. What would you tell yourself just starting out in this industry eight moves ago? What would you tell yourself or what would you tell someone new starting out in this industry? Oh, gosh. I've had people ask me this question before, and I feel like there's about 10 things that I could say, but I'll narrow it down to a couple. One is one that I've always struggled with, but I think it's so important. And it's also something that I see in other coaches that we've worked with to always make sure that home is a place that he wants to be, that that's his safe place, his haven that he looks forward to going to, which was so hard when our kids were little, because by the time he got home, I hated him for being gone so long. So when he walked through the door, I was like, I am so mad at you and you don't even know why, not even your fault, but I'm so mad that you haven't been here this whole day because these kids have been terrible. So a year or so of that and thinking like, why would he want to come home (laughs) for me to be like, I hate my life. And (laughs) so making sure like as soon as he comes in, my first reaction being to hug him until I missed him, until I loved him and make sure that when he comes home, that's a safe place for him. He's not walking into like a bomb going off. That doesn't mean the house has to be clean or you have to have makeup on or anything like that, but just making it a safe place. Because I've seen so many people that Clark's worked with not necessarily want to go home. Like they spend a lot of time at the office because that's their favorite place to be. I want Clark's favorite place to be, to be home. And that doesn't mean the kids are always well behaved, but it does mean he's welcome every time he walks through the door and we're happy that he's there. And so that was one that I had to learn. And then another one is to not chase the money and to not chase the ladder rungs because we've done that also. We've seen a job and our eyes have lit up and we've thought, oh my gosh, like we have to take this. This is such a great opportunity. If it's not for relationships, don't go. (laughs) We've left a place where we loved the people that we worked with and he's enjoyed every day that he's at work and he looks forward to being there because the people that he works with are his best friends. And then you leave that place to go to a better opportunity, a better position, better pay. And if it's not a good fit with the people that you work with, it's not worth it. And that's hard to know, obviously, when you're interviewing a place like, is this going to be a good fit? But that's one of those things that like once he became a head coach, like he's making sure like I don't even care necessarily like if they know football that well, 
I just want people on my staff that <laughs> I enjoy being with that are good with kids who have a like-mindedness and, and want to be around the kids and encourage them. And if they know football, great. If I have to teach them a few things, then that's okay. Because the number one priority is to enjoy going to work every day. And I think wins are a byproduct of that because the kids feed off of your energy. Those are the two biggest that we've, I think, learned the hard way. Well, all of that is just so great to hear because those are two tips I have not heard. And so I'm really glad that you shared that because especially about chasing money, because there is a lot of opportunities with whatever level you're at to see that as a prize. And that's not why you're in this journey. You kind of have to find your root of why you did this in the first place. I just really appreciate it. And Jordan, we appreciate having you on here. And thank you. Thank you again. And I'm sure we'll try to pick your brain again on another episode because you have all the wisdom and everyone else that's listening thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time bye bye thank you so much for listening to this interview on more than a season podcast be sure to follow us on instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates you can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.